Good afternoon, everyone. We truly do have a lot to talk about on the update this Wednesday. It was Midtown Madness, as the NYPD says, a man driving a stolen SUV struck a group of pedestrians in Midtown near Grand Central Terminal, injuring 10 people over the last days. The Lieutenant Governor of the State of New Jersey, Sheila Oliver, who rose to become one of the state's most prominent black leaders and passionately advocated for revitalizing cities and against gun violence, died after a sudden illness when she was 71. The Mets appear to just be tearing it all down at a very busy trading deadline. Justin Verlander is heading back to the Astros. The Brewers continue to upgrade their lineup in the quest for the NL Central by getting Mark Kenna. The Angels capped the busy deadline by acquiring Dominic Leone and cash considerations from the Mets. Max Scherzer said he never anticipated being traded and says the sentiment in their clubhouse was that the underachieving team would reload for next year. After all that, they went out and actually played a game. Josh Walker balked home the winning run in the 10th, and the Royals rallied past the Mets for their season-best fourth straight win. And Lizzo has now been sued by three former dancers who accused the Grammy winner of sexual harassment and alleged that the singer and her production company created a hostile work environment. This is the update. Wednesday, August the 2nd, 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, this is the update of Brandon Julian. A three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know, because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Wednesday. A Wednesday that has more of the same weather as we've had lately. You know, it's uh, it's cool, and uh, the sun is out, but it's not intensely hot and humid like it has been for most of July and the latter half of June. No, this is bearable, but we do have um, some showers and storms that will come back into the picture as we make our way toward the weekend. Time and time again on this program, I've been doing this show now for nearly seven years. I personally thought that after all the stories that we've done over nearly the last seven years, that nothing could ever really shock me. But uh, the news cycle continues to throw us for a loop, from the madness in Midtown to uh, the sudden death of a lieutenant governor to the Mets' trading deadline, and then they actually played a game after all that. Oh, Doctor. And fear not, folks, as uh, a good fellow named Adam Blompied once said, 
Don't worry, folks. We will get to all that. Uh, I'm Brandon Julian, though, of course, folks. Uh, we appreciate you uh, so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however, of course, you may be listening to us. Uh, lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. Uh, we're going to begin with uh, the madness that enfolded in the middle of Midtown Manhattan, right near Grand Central Terminal. Uh, the NYPD, uh, the NYPD, they say that a man that was driving a stolen SUV struck a group of pedestrians in Midtown. That's, of course, that injured. 10 people there. Of course, you can imagine Midtown Manhattan is uh, very bustling and thriving with people near the rush hour. Police say, though, that none of the yesterday afternoon's injuries are considered life-threatening. Witnesses at the scene, they detained the SUV's driver until officers arrived and arrested the 20-year-old man. Authorities say that officers were trying to pull over the SUV at around 5.30 when it drove off struck a bicyclist and a taxi, then went up a sidewalk at 42nd Street and Lexington Avenue while making a U-turn. Uh, the vehicle then struck another car head-on. Uh, on to, of course, some of the other news of this Wednesday. And a federal appeals court has now reinstated a lawsuit brought by a Honduran woman who says that she was repeatedly raped and impregnated by an immigration agent who threatened to get her deported if she did not obey him. The second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals said yesterday that the woman's seven-year ordeal, seven-year ordeal, was so extraordinary that a lower court judge in Connecticut erred by faulting her for not suing sooner. The woman anonymously sued a former ICE officer and government agencies four years after the abuse ended. A spokesperson for government lawyers, uh, they declined to comment. Uh, in the ongoing uh, continuing coverage, of course, of the uh, Gilgo Beach uh, killings. Uh, prosecutors, I should say, out of Long Island, out of Riverhead, uh, weeks after charging, of course, Rex Hewerman, that Long Island architect, in the string of killings known as the Gilgo Beach murders, prosecutors say that they've begun providing his lawyer with the reams of evidence. They include the autopsy findings, DNA reports, and crime scene photos. Suffolk County prosecutors spoke during a brief court hearing yesterday. District Attorney Ray Tierney said that's a fraction of the evidence that's been amassed since the bodies of four women were buried along a remote beach highway in 2010 and 2011. Hewerman, of course, has pleaded not guilty, and uh, he did not speak in court. In nearby Suffolk County, out of Smithtown, it was just a tragedy. As police say, a 14-month-old girl died after her grandmother left her unattended in a hot car for eight hours. 
Uh, police there say the 54-year-old grandmother forgot to drop the toddler off at her daycare center in Smithtown on Monday and went to work, leaving the girl in a car seat inside a Jeep Cherokee. Eight hours later, the grandmother went to pick the girl up at the daycare center and realized that she had left her in the car. The child was pronounced dead at a nearby hospital. The deaf is under investigation, and so far, uh, no charges, I should say, have been filed. Excuse me. Across the river we go over to Trenton. We've learned that uh, Lieutenant Governor Sheila Oliver, who rose to become, of course, one of the state's most prominent black leaders, passionately advocating for revitalizing cities and against gun violence, died yesterday after a sudden illness. She was only 71. Uh, Oliver served as Governor Murphy's top deputy, stepping in for him while the governor was out of state. She also oversaw the Department of Community Affairs, which coordinates state aid to towns and cities and supervises code enforcement. No cause of death has been given, according to Murphy's office, they said in a statement from the Oliver family. Oliver was serving as the acting governor while uh, Murphy and his family are on vacation uh, over in Italy. Back across the river we go now to the state capital in Albany, where an 84-year-old retired bishop there says that he recently married a woman a woman in a civil ceremony. It married its bishop, Howard Hubbard, said last fall. He said that he wanted to be returned to the lay state because he could no longer function as a priest due to a U.S. church policy that bars priests accused of abuse from ministry. Hubbard said yesterday that his request was denied in March. He also says he fell in love with a woman and that they were married in July. The current bishop of the upstate New York diocese says it did not consider Hubbard's marriage to actually be valid. Let's go over to Atlantic City down the Jersey Shore where a prosecutor says that the murders of several sex workers on Long Island do not appear to be related to the unsolved killings in the Gilgo... uh, Excuse me. Let me try that again. A New Jersey prosecutor says that the murders, the Gilgo Beach killings on Long Island, do not appear to be related to the unsolved killings of four sex workers near Atlantic City in 2006. Atlantic County Prosecutor William Reynolds says that detectives from his office met recently with the counterparts in Suffolk County on Long Island and compared information on the two sets of homicides. They checked the timelines, the dates, the methodologies, and other information before deciding that the cases were not related. Heorman, of course, the 59-year-old architect, is charged with three of the murders there, the killings of four women whose bodies were found in a drainage ditch near Atlantic City remains open and unsolved. Uh, 
Meanwhile, a crumbling COVID vaccine and treatment sales chopped Pfizer's second quarter earnings. But both the drug maker and Wall Street expect a rebound in the back half of this year. Pfizer recorded no U.S. sales of its treatment, Plaxivoid, uh, in the recently completed quarter as the company shifts to selling the pills on the commercial market after contracting with the government. Plaxivoid brought in only $143 million in total sales during the quarter after recording $8 billion in last year's quarter. Sales of the vaccine Comirati also slid 83% to nearly $1.5 billion in the quarter as both products fell short of Wall Street's expectations. In other news, police say that a swimmer who got swept out to sea by a powerful current was rescued off of Long Island after treading water for five hours. Summit County police say that 63-year-old Dan Ho went swimming at a beach in Babylon at around 5, uh, five o'clock on Monday morning and was pulled out by the current. Police say that Ho treaded water with no flotation device for five hours. Then he found a broken fishing pole and tied his shirt to it to try to flag down a passing boat. Two men in a fishing boat spotted Ho and pulled him onto their boat. Ho was treated for hypothermia. And finally, uh, JetBlue shares. They're losing altitude as the airline warns that third quarter and full year results will be worse than it had previously expected. JetBlue said yesterday it earned $138 million in the second quarter, roughly in line with the expectations of Wall Street, but the airline said it could lose up to $0.20 cents per share in the third quarter. And JetBlue, they're cutting their forecast for full-year earnings. The airline blames termination of a partnership with American Airlines that a judge said violates the antitrust law. And it also blames flight cancellations that it says are caused by the air traffic control problems in the New York City area. Time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Wednesday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Going to talk some sports and how it was a busy trading deadline for the Mets. And then they actually went out and played a game. And the results were not good. The Yankees made a minor move, although many people are saying it's the move that they shouldn't have made. Bowling, it's definitely a fun sport. We'll talk about that. Uh, and then we're going to talk together, um, of course, the, uh, the latest national news. Uh, in Washington, the former president has been indicted on felony charges for working to overturn the results of the 2020 election in the run-up, of course, to the insurrection by his supporters at the Capitol. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update of Brandon Julian returns in just a moment. Brandon Julian. Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving people, it's uh, 
We don't even really have a tradition for Thanksgiving. The tradition, when you think about it, is that we overeat. Honestly, it's like, hey, why don't we just make a holiday where we just eat a lot? We do that every day. Oh. Why don't we do it with people who annoy the crap out of us? Oh, he's definitely anti-family. This is The Update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you, and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happen to be one of them. This is The Update with Brandon Julian. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Beginning August 28th through the first half of 2024, F trains are running the E line in both directions between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of track replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hills 71st Avenue. M trains will run between 57th Street on the F-Line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F-Shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue, 63rd Street, and 21st Street, Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. The shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza on days and evenings, and between Roosevelt Island 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. Beginning at 5 a.m. on Monday, July 31st, through 5 a.m. on Monday, August 14th, Manhattan-bound 7, N, and W trains will bypass Queensboro Plaza because of accessibility improvements. For nearby service, use the E- M and R trains at Queens Plaza, which is an accessible station. Beginning Monday, July 31st at 4.45 a.m., 
through Monday, August 28th at 5 a.m. There will be no D-train service at Norwood 205th Street because of structural repairs. D-trains will run between Coney Island and Bedford Park Boulevard at all times. Customers can transfer at Bedford Park Boulevard to a free shuttle bus for service to 205th Street. Rush Hour Express service will be suspended. Trains will run local in both directions. There will be no B Rush Hour service in the Bronx. B trains will run between Brighton Beach and 145th Street. Customers are advised to take a D train for service to the Bronx. Beginning June 26th at 6.15 a.m. through the remainder of 2023, seven express trains will run only between 74th Street, Broadway, and Flushing Main Street in both directions because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street, Broadway, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Beginning Sunday, February 26th at 5 a.m. until August, Jamaica Center-bound J and Z trains will bypass 75th Street, Eldred's Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard because of accessibility and station improvements. Skip-stop service will not be running on the Z train. All trains will make local stops. For alternate service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, L, F and M trains is closed at 14th Street, 6th Avenue because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.75. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S79 select bus service, pay on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosks outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip. The fare on express buses is $6.75. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. 
now with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. You know, folks, as I've said before on this program, I have been the host of this program now for this is going to be my seventh year. I'm into my seventh year hosting this show. As I said in the introduction, I have covered every single type of story that is humanly imaginable. As a Mets fan, also, I have sat through just about every bad season that they have had, with the exception of last year, playoffs aside. I truly thought that nothing could shock me. And yet, like with uh, Sheila Oliver's death yesterday, I continue to be surprised as well as to this program. Uh, for those of you who were uh, blissfully unaware, yesterday was the trading deadline across all of Major League Baseball. Uh, the deadline was 6 o'clock in the evening, and the Mets were busy wheeling and dealing. They had already traded Max Scherzer a couple of days ago to the Texas Rangers. He had some comments to make. He had some comments to make about the Mets. We'll address those shortly. But first, Justin Verlander is going back to Houston with the Astros. They reacquired the three-time Cy Young Award winner from the Mets in a trade deadline blockbuster. The Astros, of course, were in a tight race with the Texas Rangers in the AL West, shipped outfield prospects Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford to New York. Uh, Astros owner Jim Crane told the Associated Press that the Mets could send more than $50 million to the Astros to help pay off Verlander's contract. Uh, the 40-year-old pitcher, of course, signed a two-year, nearly $87 million deal back in December with the Mets that included a vesting option for 2025 at $35 million. The underperforming Mets, of course, have dismantled the most expensive roster in Major League history. They dealt Max Scherzer to Texas in a trade that was announced on Saturday. And like I said, we will get to Max Scherzer <laughs> and the comments that he made momentarily. Uh, but the Mets also continued to uh, make some deals. Uh, the Angels capped off the busy deadline by acquiring reliever Dominic Leone and cash considerations for the Mets in exchange for minor league shortstop Jeremiah Jackson. 31-year-old Leon was 1-3 with a 4.40 ERA in 31 games for the Mets. The right-hander in his career is 22-23 with a 3.75 ERA, which began in 2014 with Seattle. Jackson, who's only 23, was hitting 248 with 15 homers, 56 RBIs, and 21 stolen bases for AA Rocket City. He was a second-round draft pick by L.A. in 2018. The Angels, they reacquired C.J. Crone and outfielder Randall Grichik in a trade with the Rockies on Sunday after getting pitchers Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez from the White Sox. The Brewers, they acquired Mark Canna in their attempt to upgrade their lineup in their quest for the title in the NL Central. Uh, the Mets got uh, minor, league pitch, minor league pitcher Justin Jarvis in exchange. 
Uh, this move comes four days after the Brewers added former Pirates first baseman Carlos Santana. Uh, <laughs> like we said earlier, the Mets send Max Scherzer to the Rangers and David Robertson, their closer, to the Marlins in exchange for prospects. Speaking of Scherzer, we're finally going to get to him now and what he had to say. <laughs> Uh, apparently, Max Scherzer never anticipated being traded from the New York Mets, and says the sentiment in their clubhouse was that the underachieving team would reload for 2024. Uh, Scherzer instead found out that the Mets were shifting their focus past that date. Uh, the pitcher says that Mets owner Steve Cohen and GM Billy Epler told him that 2024 was going to be a transition year, while looking to compete after that. The Mets, of course, traded both Scherzer and Verlander to the AL West. Uh, Scherzer joined the Rangers yesterday, two days after he was dealt, and Verlander was traded back to the Astros just before the deadline, of course, of 6 o'clock. The Yankees, the Yankees also made a move uh, at the deadline, though it was not exactly the splashiest move that... Uh, you could possibly imagine. Uh, they just got some relievers from uh, from the White Sox. Uh, many people were expecting the Mets. The, the Mets. <laughs> many people were expecting the Yankees to go make a splashy deal. Um, they tr- made relatively minor moves. Uh, Ke- Kenyon Middleton for the White Sox and purchasing the contract of pitcher Spencer Howard from the Rangers. Middleton is a 29-year-old right-hander. He's two and two with a 2.9. Excuse me. He's two and two with a 3.96 ERA and 39 relief appearances, and has two saves. Howard, who's a right-hander, turned 27 last week, has a 10.98 ERA and three relief appearances with the Rangers this year, and is one and one with a 5.4. He's one and one with a 5.40 ERA in two starts and nine relief appearances. For, with Triple A uh, Round Rock, and if all of that craziness was not enough, eventually the Mets and Yankees both played games after the trade deadline. Oh, Doctor! <laughs> Mets were in Kansas City taking on the very lowly, as I might say, the very lowly. Uh, Kansas City Royals. Uh, Josh Walker balked home the winning run in the 10th after issues with his pitch comp. And the Royals rallied past the Mets 7-6 for their fourth straight win. That's their best of the season so far. Hours after, they traded Justin Verlander and two other players to cap a stunning deadline sell-off. They blew a 6-4 lead provided by rookie Francisco Alvarez's two-run homer in the top of the 10th. Bobby Witt Jr. hit an RBI double in the bottom half, and MJ Melendez tied it with a run-scoring single off of the current now-closer for the Mets, Brooks Raley. Following a throwing error with two outs by Brett Beatty, Melendez scored when Walker balked with the bases loaded. Pete Alonso hit his 31st of the year for the Mets and also had an RBI single. As bad as things might have been, uh, up in the Bronx, the scuffling Yankees, the scuffling Yankees taking on the Tampa Bay Rays. 
Zach Eflin. He pitched six shutout innings, a three-hit ball, to become the first pitcher with 12 wins in the American League. Randy Rosarena hit a two-run homer off of Carlos Rodon, and the Rays beat the Yanks 5-2. Yandy Diaz also connected for the Rays, who have won their third in a row, and have gone deep six times in the last two games in the Bronx. Manuel Margot also hit an RBI double, and Brandon Lau added a run-scoring single for the Rays. Athlon, he set a career high in wins, surpassing his previous best in 2018 for the Phillips. Now, folks, when we return on the update of this Wednesday, I know there was a lot <laughs> as a Met fan to sit through, and I appreciate you for getting through all that without bursting into tears. And <laughs> anyway, folks, when we return on the update this Wednesday, bowling, I went bowling with my camp today. There's a lot of jokes that can be said um, about bowling. Uh, we'll talk about that. And then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. Fitch Ratings has downgraded the U.S. government's credit rating, citing rising debt at the federal, state, and local levels, and a, quote, steady deterioration in standards of governance over the past two decades. Uh, going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course. Uh, but first, we have to talk about this. Where does the time go? I personally really hope I didn't write that line. <laughs> well, it turns out maybe I actually did. Time continues to move forward, but looking back on the past is always important. It's how we grow as people. Plus, of course, you always have those times when you're like, Oh yeah, I remember that from way back when. Well, that's what we have for you on the update every weekend. And on the select periods, too. Uh, my producers look for any excuse to hold a party, and that's what we have for you, digging into our archives every weekend, playing you the best episodes from our previous years of the update. And every once in a while, we cram the best of an entire year of the update into one episode for your listening convenience. And if you don't know we're having a party, you will after you hear this soundbite declaring that we're having a big party. <laughs> so every weekend, listen to the archives of the update to see what you remember from when that episode aired. And of course, be on the lookout for the best of particular years of the update every so often. Keep listening on the weekends and every now and again, because it'll be a party that you personally will never forget. Unless, of course, you can't actually remember it from, you know, the night before. <laughs> now, the update of Brain and Joy, it'll be right back after, of course, these messages. And uh, my producers actually left some uh, gifts for me under the sofa behind the set. How nice of them, actually. Excuse me. Brandon Julia. You know, for many years now, my wife's favorite holiday has been Halloween. It's started to become my favorite holiday, too, or at least one of them. And it's not because that girls out there every year, they dress up in crazy costumes and sexy costumes. 
If you think about it, the ladies totally do, though. You know, some people are like, I'm a witch if she was a hooker. I'm Little Miss Muppet. I'm sure you are. Hey, that almost sounded dirty, Brandon. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities. He's been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question, and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Bajan common sense. Bajan common sense. Does anybody know if there's any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Indeed, it is, folks. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. Uh, first hump day, actually, in the month in the month of August for us around here. You know, the summer is just continuing to fly by. Uh, <laughs> now that I think about it, or continue to think about it, I have not done a whole lot with my summer. Just literally an endless stream of just going back and forth to work. <laughs> with some intermittent adventures every now and again. But, you know... There's still plenty of time for adventures uh, before uh, before school, before school starts in September. Maybe it could be like, you know, adventure time. <laughs> I want to sing the thing, but I can't because of rights issues. <laughs> but anyway, like I preluded to uh, in yesterday's program, um, today I went bowling with my group at summer camp. I don't mean to brag, of course. You know, if you've ever been bowling, of course, there are two people, two types of people, I should say. There are people who are into bowling, and then there are the people like, wouldn't it be hysterical, actually, you know, if we went bowling? Because, you know, for most people, bowling's the one activity you do when you literally have achieved just about everything else. Well, we could go bowling, or, you know, maybe we could jump off the Empire State Building. <laughs> Why don't we go bowling? I don't know about you, but personally, I like bowling. I, I was I did Wii bowling uh, when I was able to play it. I mean, if you think about it, bowling really is the only sport you get to eat while you play it. You don't see that tennis. Hey, before you dive in, let me get into these nachos. 
you know, it's a different type of sport. There's an ashtray literally built. There's an ashtray literally built into the bowling equipment. Like if you go to a bowling place, um, I honestly think I said it before. There might be a germaphobe's nightmare, though, if you want to stay clean. You know, it's like here, put on these shoes that ten thousand people wore, even though we disinfect them, and put your fingers in these sweaty holes. Now you have the flu. Like, how dirty do you think occasionally are those holes? It's not like that. Like they wear out, you know. They probably haven't manufactured a bowling ball in like a thousand years. I know you think that is just preposterous. Like I don't own a bowling ball though, because you know, like I, I'm dumb. I may be dumb sometimes, but I'm not an idiot. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, I like to carry around a fifty-pound ball. Can you put it in a big ugly purse? Because that's the way you know I want to meet the lady. I couldn't help but notice you staring at my purse. It's filled with a big blue ball. Mind if I follow you around the parking lot? I'm just gonna be humming. Ball mm, mm, in the bag. Actually, it's the worst song ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you know, you know if you. <laughs> play semi-occasionally like me, we all take the game of bowling very seriously until we get the first gutter ball, which happened more often than I would like to admit to my comments today. <laughs> you know, they're like, let me show you how it's done. This <laughs> is a stupid sport. There's nothing worse than getting that first gutter ball. The worst part after that is that you gotta turn around and look at your people like, the ball's broken. There's some issues down there. The advice starts, you know, use a lighter ball. Like, use a lighter ball. Throw it down the lane faster. You should get a vasectomy. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> like, you know, there's some people like, you can do it. We're praying for you. Oh, like mercy. Like, you know, before you start a game, though, if you feel like you're really bad at bowling, the, we'll ask if you want the bumpers up. Which, you know, some people in my group, we use the bumpers for, like, the kids who weren't confident about bowling, which is fine. I played my group in bowling with the bumpers on because we had kids, and you know what? That's just fine. It really is just fine. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of admitting that whatsoever. But, you know, like, I really like bowling. Really, there's no other sport, if you think about it, that has a machine that rolls the ball back to you at arm level. So you're like, all right, fine, all right, fine, I guess I'll keep playing. I actually scored, a, I think it was a 99, which was impressive. I would have won if my uh, if my uh, comrade had, you know, not gone a strike. But, you know, I'm not bitter or salty about it whatsoever. <laughs> you know, it's also not salty and bitter 
national news. That's next for us around here, because that also has some juicy tidbits with the former president uh, getting indicted again. And uh, Lizzo, did she create an unsafe work environment? Talk about that and more next when the update with Brandon Julian continues. From New York, the herbal supplement that's not approved by the FDA. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. What is dedication? My daughter started making necklaces. She makes what we call affirmation fashion. I tell her every day that your black is beautiful. Your black is beautiful. And if there's anything better than being beautiful, it's being smart. If there's anything better than being smart, it's being kind. And reaffirming that every day is our method of making sure her chin never drops. My dad wasn't around, and I remember riding a bike and falling off and cutting myself, and me never would just want to get back on it. People ask, how your children learn how to ride a bike, and you didn't. I didn't teach them. I just created an environment where they taught themselves, and all I had to do was be there. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. You know, folks, during the lighter segments of this show, when I make jokes, I sometimes lie up here. I'm not proud of it. (laughs) But even when I worked, if I told my teenage staff not to lie, I'm kind of lying to them. If you ever work with kids, they know what they say, like, you should never lie to a child. And those people have never worked or had kids. Because when you're working with kids or you've had kids, you lie to them all the time. You're like, you wouldn't like this ice cream. It's very spicy. I'd share with you, but Santa said I can't. Now, why don't you go to sleep so I can wrestle your mom? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. The first hump day in the month of August for us around here. Uh, Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. It's been one heck of a day (laughs) with the trade deadline the other day and all that, so we appreciate you sticking around. Uh, But don't go yet. There's lots of juicy national news uh, that we're going to discuss about right now. And we're going to begin, of course, most obviously, in Washington, where the former president has been indicted on felony charges for working to overturn the results of the 2020 election in the run-up, of course, to the insurrection by his supporters at the Capitol. The Justice Department's four-count indictment yesterday accuses the former president of assaulting the underpinnings of democracy in a frantic but ultimately failed effort to cling to power. Special Counsel Jack Smith says that the Capitol attack, quote, 
was fueled by lies, lies by the defendant targeted, uh, targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of U.S. government. The nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. Uh, Trump is due in court tomorrow. The indictment, of course, marks the first time that the former president has been formally held accountable for his efforts, of course, to overturn his 2020 election defeat. And it adds some new details to what ha was already known about his actions and those of his key allies in the weeks leading up to the insurrection. It describes how Trump repeatedly told supporters and others that he had won the election, despite knowing, of course, that that was false, and how he tried to persuade state officials, his own vice president, Mike Pence, and finally Congress, to overturn the legitimate results. Of course, the former president has four years, if you paid attention to the news whatsoever. He's pushed his baseless claims that the 2020 election was stolen from him. A sprawling indictment, of course, was unsealed yesterday, says the one who tried to steal the election was Trump, in a desperate bid to cling to power. The indictment handed down in Washington accuses Trump of conspiring with allies to try to overturn his election loss to Joe Biden as his legal challenges floundered in court. It's the third time this year the early frontrunner in the Republican presidential primary for next year has been charged in a criminal case. And Fitch ratings, they have downgraded the U.S. government's credit rating, uh, citing, of course, rising debt at the federal, state, and local levels, and a, quote, steady deterioration in standards of governance over the past two decades. Fitch says that the worsening political polarization around spending and tax policy are key reasons for the downgrade. It said that U.S. governance has declined relative to other highly rated countries and cited, quote, repeated debt limit standoffs and last-minute resolutions. The rating was cut yesterday one notch to AA plus from AAA, which is the highest possible rating. The new rating is still well into investment grade. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update Brandon Julian returns in just 60 seconds. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. 
Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. First hump day in the month of August for us around here, of course. Uh, thank you so much, of course, for still being here with us, you know. It's been a very busy day around here, talking about all the Mets trade news that I would most likely uh, like to forget, but <laughs> putting my personal feelings aside, <laughs> we do got to carry on. We're talking together right now, of course, the latest national news. And a nonprofit organization that researches links between social media, hate, and extremism has now been sued by X, the social media platform, of course, formerly known as Twitter. The Center for Countering Digital Hate regularly publishes studies looking at hate speech and misinformation on sites like X, Facebook, and TikTok. The lawsuit that was filed on Monday alleges that the Center's researchers improperly access internal company data. It claims that the nonprofit is funded by foreign governments. The center denies the allegation and says that the platform owner, Elon Musk, is using the lawsuit to silence critics of his leadership. Musk, of course, purchased Twitter last year and last month renamed the platform X. In other news, if you spend enough time with ChatGPT and the other AI chatbots, it doesn't take long for them to spout, to spout falsehoods. Described, of course, as hallucination, confabulation, or just plain making things up if you don't speak uh, the language of the people from Harvard. <laughs> uh, it's now a problem, of course, for every business organization and high school student just trying to get a generative AI system to compose documents and get the work done. Uh, but builders of AI systems, known as large language models, say that they're working to make them more truthful. But some experts say that this problem is not fixable. Uh, they, they say that there's a mismatch between the technologies and capabilities and how people actually want to use it. We're going to go now out to the American West in Los Angeles, where Lizzo has now been sued by three former dancers who accused the Grammy winner of sexual harassment and alleged that the singer and her production company created a hostile work environment. The civil lawsuit was filed yesterday in L.A. County Superior Court. It claims that Lizzo pressured the dancers to engage with nude performers at a club in Amsterdam and shamed one of them for, for her weight gain before firing her. Plaintiffs Ariana Davis, Crystal Williams, and Noel Rodriguez make numerous charges including sexual, religious, and racial harassment, disability discrimination, assault, and false imprisonment. Representatives for Lizzo, they did not immediately respond to a request on the complaint. And finally, of course, the world continues to mourn the loss of uh, Angus Cloud, if you watch Euphoria. Zendaya posted a tender tribute to Cloud, her co-star who died this week, of course, at the age of 25. She recalled on Instagram how Cloud could light up a room and says that is how she wants to remember him. Cloud died Monday at his family home in Oakland, California, according to his publicist. Uh, just days after his father was buried. 
no cause of death was given. Sidney Sweeney, another Euphoria star, also posted a tribute to Cloud, calling him, quote, an open soul with the kindest heart. Cloud had never acted before appearing on Euphoria. Uh, he was recently cast to co-star in Scream 6. He, of course, will be deeply missed. Can let you guys ponder on this as we say, in the words of Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is. Wednesday, August the 2nd, 2023. That is the update on this Wednesday. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. And in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. And most importantly, please be well. Our best of year two show, it drops in just a couple weeks' time. We'll let you know when it gets closer. And honey, no, 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 not you, honey. You know that migraine headache you had this morning? Well, I'll be home in an hour. Showers, they're going to be back in the forecast at some point as we move on closer to the first weekend in August. Let's talk about that and a lot more, too. Of course, folks, when I see all of you right back here tomorrow, see you then.